Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Deacons, likewise, must be men of dignity, not insincere, not prone to drink much wine, not greedy for money, but holding to the mystery of the faith with clear conscience. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 8 and 9. All right. Right, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, thank you very much for being out there. Thank you very much. And uh, welcome to the Legion of Michael. Uh, let me tell you what, I've been very busy writing books and teaching and preparing teaching and preparing lessons with Student of the Gun University. But that doesn't mean that you still can't go to legionofmichael.com and sign up for the church security program, the church security distance learning program. You can sign up for with just yourself or you can enroll a team of people. Uh, There's many, many options, and enrollment is open. As I speak the words into this black carbon steel microphone right now, enrollment is open, so you can get in there. It is, oh, man, the the words that I spoke into this microphone came from the, uh, the first letter, the first epistle, or the letter to Timothy, written by the Apostle Paul. You may have heard of him. I certainly have. I am named after him. Um, He's my namesake. And uh, Paul had a lot to say. He was giving advice through his epistles to the members of the church because at the time, uh, the Christian church was growing and expanding all over the Middle East and and, uh, into Greece and into Italy and into Europe and so forth. And so as, well, as you would expect... There were men who were, well, just trying to make it up, or they were trying to, to, uh, to insert their own thoughts and desires into the faith. And so Paul was setting them straight with his letters. Now, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, he goes on to say, but the Spirit explicitly says that later times, that in later times, some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons by means of hypocrisy, by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from food, which God has created to be gratefully shared, shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. You know, it's kind of funny um, that the 
the Catholic Church embraces Peter and Paul. They embrace them as saints. Uh, they embrace them as apostles. Uh, and uh, so Paul says, beware. He's, he's giving you a warning. He gives them a warning. He said, but the Spirit explicitly says that later in time, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience, as with a branding iron, who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. Who forbid marriage. <gasps> They're like, well, the Catholics don't forbid marriage. They, well, mm, yeah. Wow. So how does, and I, I'm kind of taking a, a right turn here. This wasn't what I wanted to talk about explicitly, but how does the Catholic Church justify telling members of the church, you know, priests, bishops, nuns, uh, you know, the Pope, all that, that you cannot take a wife or a husband in marriage and still also serve God? You can't serve the church. And are they serving, are you serving man? Are you serving God? See, they would say, and serve the church. Are you serving the church or are you serving God? Well, we've just decided. Ah, that's that. So we go, you're like, well, it, it, just because it doesn't say that in the Bible, you say, well, where in the Bible did Jesus Christ testify? Where did he say to his apostles, do not take wives? If you want to serve me, if you want to serve me, you can't take a wife. You cannot have a wife or children. Or to the, the women who followed him, you cannot have a husband or children if you want to follow me. You can't be a follower of mine. You can't serve me if you're married. Where, where did Christ say that? Um, well, it's, he didn't specifically say it, but we've decided, oh, Yes, he said. So in later times, some will follow it. And what are they paying attention to? What are they paying attention to? Their own conscience. What did Solomon say about lean not on your own? Was it Solomon or David? Ooh, I think it was Solomon. Lean not on your own. in, in Proverbs. Lean not on your own understanding. We, whether you are a priest or a pastor, or a deacon, or if you're any person who is in a potential leadership role, and the thing is, well, you say, I'm not a leader. You're a leader of someone. Are you a father? Are you a mother? Uh, you, you might not be the leader in your church, but you're a leader of your household, right? At No matter where you are, someone is paying attention to you. Someone is watching you. Someone is is looking at what you do. And and they're going to, you know, base their decisions on how you behave. Now, many, 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 many moons ago, all the way back into the decade of the 90s, we resided for a time in the state of North Carolina. And what I discovered when I was in the state of North Carolina, and if you're in North Carolina or South Carolina listening to me right now, you probably laugh. You're like, yep, that's about right. 
is that everyone you met was a Baptist minister. You're like, come on, Paul. No, no, I'm serious. Your landlord, Baptist minister. The guy who drove your kid's school bus, Baptist minister. Oh, the, we, we, went, we encountered, I encountered more Baptist ministers in North Carolina than I think I did any other type of person, any other. It was, it was nuts. And, you know, I mean, that's, I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but one thing that, uh, that we encountered, and my wife, she's like, oh, I don't want you to tell that story. It's been 30 years. The statute of limitations has expired, or it's been 28 years or however many years. Statute of limitations has expired. My mom, my, my, my mama, my wife was working at a, uh, at a, a restaurant. I won't say the name of it. But she was working at a, a fast food joint. Uh, she was a manager. Because uh, she's been a she's been a restaurant services food manager for her whole entire life, and so we moved to North Carolina. That was the the well, that was the the place that was easy to go to and was a, a simple fit. And so any, anyway, uh, she was the assistant manager, and there was a man who was the overall manager of the restaurant. And every almost every day when she was working, someone would pull up to the drive-through. And it would go ding, ding, ding. And they're like, welcome to, I almost said it, welcome to blank. How can I help you? And the person at the drive-in speaker would say, Dennis's minister here. And you're like, so what? Because he had to identify himself. He identified himself as the manager's minister because that meant that he was supposed to get free food and drink. He was about to give you an order, and he was going to drive around, and you were going to give it to him for free because he was the he was the Baptist minister of the restaurant manager, and the manager had approved that. And you say, okay, ha, ha, ha. Well, let's go ahead and dissect that for a second. Deacons, likewise, must be men of dignity, not insincere, not prone to drink much wine, not greedy for money, but holding to the mysteries of the faith with a clear conscience. Is your position as a Baptist minister or any minister uh, some kind of a dodge, or is it some kind of a way that you get free stuff, or is it? Look at the look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the and what did they like? Christ warned us. He said, they, he goes, beware of them because they like the seats of honor in the temple and they like to go about and they like people to praise them in this public squares and they wear the fancy robes so everyone can see them. They like the seats of honor in the temple and at, and at dinners and gatherings and so forth. You know, Those men were not in it for God. The sat, they were in it so that they could get stuff. They were in it so that they could be part of the cool crowd. They were in it so that people would show them, you know, proper respect. And I'm not saying don't respect your ministers, or your pastors, but that shouldn't be why they're there. It's not some kind of a dodge. We don't use God. We're not supposed to use Jesus Christ as a way to get stuff for ourselves. It's supposed to be service. 
It's supposed to be service. Many of you out there, and the thing is, many people who either were Christians or were thinking about being Christians or whatever, they, they encounter these types of people. And they look at them and they're like, this guy is just, this guy's just in it for, for, for the free stuff. This guy's just in it so he can fill his own pockets. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Ernest Angeli. This guy is just here so he can, he can in, you know, live in the glass tree house there. Uh, was it not Jerry Falwell? Who was the other one? <laughs> Jimmy Swaggart. How many people are turned off by that? Because they see the leaders, the deacons, the ministers, the, the bishops, the whatever. They see them not as servants of God, not as providing a service, but instead setting themselves up so that they can get the good stuff. Or creating rules or establishing rules so that they can control. So you, yeah, we have to ask ourselves, so if, if Christ, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is not don't take a wife. Uh, if you go all the way back to Genesis, to creation, husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, that's, that is God's plan. God's plan for us is to have partners, is to have a husband, is to have a wife. All right? That's part of the plan. And you have a situation like in the Catholic Church where they say, well, yeah, I know Genesis is like, I, you know, God's like, yeah, I created woman for man so that they could be together and a man would you know, leave his father and mother and join with his wife and the two shall become one. Yeah, I know all that, but we've just decided that priests and bishops and nuns and so on should not have husbands and wives. They're not allowed to. And if they do want to have that, then they can't be in that position. Well, who told you that? Well, we decided. Oh, you, man, decided that he was smarter than God. When man says to you, you should not consume blank, right? And you notice Paul said, not prone to drink much wine, nor greedy for money. <laughs> Whoa, man, what do you think Paul would have? How do you think Paul would react to Jerry Falwell and Jimmy Swagger and Ernest Angley? Not greedy for money. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, I saw a Maymay the other day. I saw a Maymay online, and it said, if Paul was alive today, the American church would be getting a letter. That's right. That's right. If the Apostle Paul were alive today, the churches of America would be getting letters. They would be getting lots of letters from Paul who would be uh, attempting to set them straight. So, my point in this is, look, whether you ex say you are or whether you want to, uh, you are always setting the example. I'm not telling you that you have to be a perfect person. No, I'm not. We're not none of us are perfect, and we all fall short. We, none of us are perfect. We all fall short. Uh, but we should try, and we should put in the effort, and we should not make a pattern of behavior out of what? greed for money. We should not make a pattern of behavior 
for seeking to, you know, fill our own pockets or seek the the best seats. What did Christ say? He said, when you go to a banquet, he said, sit at the farthest seat away. It's better for the host to say, come, dear friend, and sit up here close to me than it is for you to try and take the good chair and then him to come to you and say, uh, hey, somebody more important than you has showed up. You need to move. And Solomon said the same thing in Proverbs. You're like, well, Solomon said it first. You know, it's, it's crazy if you think about that. People are like, well, Christ said that, but he said it after Solomon. Who was there when Solomon was writing these things? The Holy Spirit was speaking through Solomon. The Holy Spirit was speaking through Solomon in the Proverbs. He was the Holy Spirit the word of God was just coming through David's mouth and through David's pen and through Solomon's mouth and Solomon's pen. The Holy Trinity, they, they were there at the very beginning. Yes, indeed. So you're, you need to set the example. You know, Do the best you can. Do not make a habit out of it. And if you encounter people, one thing that Solomon was all about and Paul was right there with him was making corrections. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Correct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Solomon gives a whole bunch of proverbs about correcting or reproving our brothers. Don't worry about reproving a fool. Reprove the wise, correct the wise, and they will be wiser still. And Paul was all about, do I need to tell you that the Apostle Paul was all about correcting bad behavior and about letting people know? Paul, that one thing that Paul was not afraid of, and maybe I got this from him. Maybe, maybe when it comes to the namesake, Paul was not afraid of pointing out bad behavior. No, he was not. Uh, He's like, you know, if we just let this bad behavior, if we don't correct it, it's not going to fix itself. So we need to point out this bad behavior, and we need to make an effort to correct that bad behavior. (laughs) Oh, brothers and sisters, yes, indeed. Thank you very much for being with me today. Will you recite with me, please, the warrior's prayer? Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.